A narcissist strips you off from your identity. They completely change you as a person. They fill your head with so much self-doubt that you dissociate from who you recognize yourself as, from your real and true self. From being a confident and capable person, you become anxious, extremely self-conscious, self-aware, and indecisive. You struggle with a lot of social anxiety, something you never struggled with before. When you are in a social situation, you're always waiting for that shoot or drop, for something to go terribly wrong. But why? How? Did you get to this point? Let's find out in today's episode. Hi, I am Danish, a narcissistic abuse recovery professional. Today in this episode, we're going to learn about five types of social anxiety you develop after surviving narcissistic abuse. If that is what you're eager to learn more about, please subscribe before we begin because your subscription to this channel always helps spread awareness about narcissistic abuse. Let's get started with Number one, you automatically believe you have done something wrong when you notice a mood shift in the person you are interacting with. Back then, when you were in the narcissistic relationship, you had to be hyper-vigilant. You had to be hyper-focused and you had to hyper-fixate yourself on the narcissist's emotional state because there was a lot of unpredictability. The narcissist's mood decided how everyone else in the environment is going to feel. Their mood was very, very volatile. They would rage at any moment. They would blame you for anything at any time. There was no predictability. There was no control whatsoever. Consequently, you had to adapt to that environment. You had to walk on eggshells to prepare yourself for what was to come. You had to read their body language, their facial expressions. You had to pick up on their tonality to know exactly what was going on in their head and body and prepare yourself for the collapse. Brace yourself for the impact. And your readings of their emotions were pretty accurate. You were always right, spot on about how they were feeling because when you read the situation and you predicted something to happen, it would always happen. So for your brain, reading someone's emotional state and then predicting the outcome is almost like a fact. It's like, okay, that is how it is going to be always. And that is what trauma looks like. Now that you're physically out of that relationship, mentally, you are still getting out. Because trauma is timeless. It takes a lot of time for your nervous system to reorient itself to the present environment, to the safe environment, which is why you get triggered so often. When you are with this new person, maybe they are feeling something that has nothing to do with you. Maybe it's a personal thing. Or maybe there is no mood shift at all. You are overreading the situation. You are perceiving a threat and you are getting triggered. You're apologizing, you are crying, you are having a panic spell, you are getting really anxious and they do not understand what is going on with you. Which is what creates a big hindrance for you to get social, to connect with your friends, to connect with people because you're always afraid that something like this is going to happen and that is why it is not advisable to tell a survivor of narcissistic abuse you should go out. You, you should meet some friends. You, sh you should start dating. You should see people. Why are you isolating yourself? Because now they do not know how to function. They do not know how to be. I can't count how many times I have heard from survivors, I don't know how to be anymore. I have completely changed as a person. Have you felt the same way? Let me know in the comments. Number two, always waiting for the right time 
to bring up something because you're afraid if you bring something up, something that is not easy to talk about, it would lead to a fight. Why is that the case? When you were with the narcissist, there was not even one single time when you were able to have some kind of communication with them, like a mature human being. No matter how non-accusatory you were in your language, no matter how kind, calm, and compassionate you were in presentation of what you were trying to get to them, they always turned it around. They turned the tables on you and it all turned into a big fight, a big conflict. And at the end of it, you were distraught. You were torn apart and you were broken into so many pieces emotionally. And that traumatized you to your core. At that point, your brain classified communication in the relational context as a source of pain, which is why now at this point, you have become conflict avoidant. This is the reason why you can't say no. This is the reason why you can't express your needs because you automatically, subconsciously or non-consciously assume that every single time you will bring up something, something difficult to talk about, maybe a difference of opinions, difference of ideas, something you want to change, you're always going to see aggression, you're always going to experience suffering and pain, and the person is going to be very abusive. This is the sole reason why you have become reluctant to get into social situations, because you don't know how to talk with people in this context. You don't know if they will be open to understanding you. You're always walking on eggshells, pleasing them. You are compliant, you are obedient, extremely agreeable, very much open, open to things that are harming you just to keep the peace because you have been severely traumatized by the monster. Number three, you have become extremely scared of arguments because you're afraid that they will leave you. Whenever you try to bring up something that was bothering you, whenever you try to bring up an issue that you wanted to discuss with your narcissistic partner or your narcissistic parent, what was the outcome? It always turned into, an, into a conflict, but there was also a threat of abandonment and neglect. And because you were emotionally volatile, you were made to believe and think that you are the crazy one, they dangled this carrot of abandonment in front of you. If you bring this issue up again, if you talk about this again, if you blame me for things I have never done when they know they have done, I'm going to leave you. And that, that killed a part of yours. That silenced you. That killed your voice. And now that you're out of that environment, you're afraid of bringing things up or uh, making things clear probably to your new partner, to your friend, because you are afraid that they will leave you. Why? Because they will think you're crazy. You do not know who you are. You do not know what you're talking about. And you do not know what you stand for. So they will think there is something terribly wrong with you and you will be abandoned. To prevent that, you just go on with the flow. You do things that you know you shouldn't be doing because they are extremely harmful to you. As a matter of fact, the narcissist constant gaslighting dissociated your brain from your psyche. You need to understand that. Your brain started recognizing your thoughts, your emotions, and your beliefs as 
alien as if they were not your own and they need to be eliminated. There is something terribly wrong with your thoughts, your emotions and your feelings and there should be some distance which is why there is this chronic self-doubt. Every thought that crosses your mind like what's wrong with me? What's going on? Is this even true? Did I read the situation or the environment accurately? Is this how it is? They're always looking for confirmation because that is what they did to your brain. It's like an autoimmune condition when our immune system starts attacking our own body. The same way your brain starts attacking its own thoughts, its own emotions and beliefs. Isn't that horrific? Isn't that extremely complex? Isn't that the most horrible thing you can do to the person you claim to love. This is what they have done to you and this is why they deserve the worst of the worst punishment there is. Number four, constantly apologizing for everything. It goes along with what I just said. You think you are at fault. You think something is terribly wrong with you. Everything you do is wrong. Everything you say is wrong. You're perceiving the situation incorrectly. They have done nothing wrong. You're blowing things out of proportion. You're making up things. You're imagining things. You're blaming them for things they have not done. If there is anyone to be blamed, it is you. And it's not just a thought. To your brain, it is a fact. You have been brainwashed into believing that, which is why for every small thing, that, that may not be even your fault, you apologize. You apologize when it is the other person's mistake very clearly. It is something they have done. No, in your brain, you're like, maybe I, I must have done something that made them be this way, that made them act that way. It must be my fault. So if there is anyone who has to take responsibility, it is me. This is the narcissist gaslighting in action. And to counter that, you have to take a step back. You have to learn how to regulate your nervous system, which just means how to relax your body so that you can bring your executive functioning back online and think through the moment when you are getting triggered, when you are constantly blaming yourself and apologizing for no reason. To stop yourself, you have to create this space between the trigger and your reaction. You have to turn your reaction into a response and see the person's actions for what they are and understand that not everything can be your fault. That is practically impossible. You have to heal that part of yourself because it is deeply traumatized. Number five and the last one. Shaping your mood constantly to align it with the other person's mood. If they're happy, you have to be happy. If they're sad, you have to be sad. If they're gloomy, you have to be gloomy. Now, if they're angry, of course, you will be triggered. This is a big part of loss of identity and personality as a result of surviving narcissistic abuse because your true personality was ridiculed to the point of disintegration. Disintegration is a big word. Think about it for a moment. You were demoralized to the point where you shunned your emotions, your emotional core, dissociated from it, distanced yourself from it, and started mirroring their emotions so that you can create some kind of rapport. You can tell them, I'm not, I'm not a danger, I'm not a danger. Don't hit me. Don't make me suffer. Don't abuse me. This is a form of fawning. And when you were with a narcissist, you had to do it because that was the best survival mechanism. That is what prevented a lot of pain. Copying their emotions, mirroring their emotions so that they can leave you 
alone. But now that you are with these new people, when they're happy, you can't be your authentic self because you don't know if there is any space for that. You don't know if that is acceptable at all. You don't know if they will be upset to see your true emotions. So you just kind of go along with things. It's like a form of shape-shifting, but not narcissistic shape-shifting. It is out of fear. You do not know how they will react if you were to show your real emotions, your real self. So you kind of change your mood constantly to keep the peace, to just go along, and you're never able to fully and authentically connect with the person that you're trying to interact with. Do you see how deep this trauma goes? For all these reasons, I say, healing after narcissistic abuse is complex. This is why you should not set a timeline for yourself to get better because there is no timeline whatsoever. You need to truly grasp the intensity of traumatization that you have survived. Not to say that you are um, broken beyond repair, of course not. Just to develop compassion, enough compassion towards yourself to give yourself the permission to just, just go along with the flow of feeling and take as much time as you need. This is why intense trauma work is the solution to all of these issues. This is why you need to go within. This is why you need to give yourself time before you get into dating situations because you're not ready after surviving uh, an emotional catastrophe like this. That was it for today's episode. I hope you found it insightful. If you did, let me know in comments. I'll talk with you in the next one. Until then, let the healing begin.